I love myself a good DIY project. I do. From the planning process all the way to completion, it just makes me super excited and super giddy. Usually it starts with a lot of brainstorming, a lot of ideas formulating based on a system that doesn't work within the home. Like last year with the laundry room, that system was completely broken and I needed a change. I needed to plan and organize my laundry room in such a way that would meet my needs and the needs of my family. I'm going to be sharing that system in my summer series, Systemize Your Home, in a couple weeks. But a lot of times when I go through a room transformation, it is not based on aesthetics alone. It's not just because I want to change the paint, though sometimes maybe I end up changing it in the process. It is usually based on a need that is not being met. Oftentimes when I'm designing a space and even teaching you how to design your space, we always start with this. What is the purpose of your room and how is it actually meeting that purpose? Is it? or is it not? And what are the things we can do to change it? And do we have to get rid of some of the things that are currently there in order to imagine that the possibility of the space doing for you what it is intended to? We start with that in our Home Design 101, identifying and understanding the purpose of the room. And you would be surprised, or maybe you wouldn't, if you're living in a home that has a room that is misfunctional, not necessarily not pretty, but misfunctional, you would be surprised at how many people I talk with who have a room that is an accessory, that isn't doing a job for them in the way that they want it to, that isn't seating as many people as they have or storing what they actually need. You might be surprised, or maybe not. But in the case of my DIYs, I absolutely love tackling projects on my own. Every time I master a new power tool, I get giddy with excitement. And there are times too when I do hold back because I am a little bit nervous. I am a little bit resigned to this this idea that Mr. Friggin' Farm can do it better than I can. (laughs) So why not? But I do ask him a lot of questions, a lot get a lot of advice and encouragement from him. And I do ask for help when I need it. So why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because there are projects that you might have on your to-do list, on your hope list, on your wish list that you can do on your own. You can. I fully believe that if you have the desire to learn to do something new, to make change in your home, that you can can learn how to do it. But in an episode I did earlier this spring, I talked about making sure that you start small so that you're not starting in such a way that you've bit off more than you can chew, that you're not able to finish a project and not feel successful. Just like learning how to walk, you start with crawling and then you might start by wobbling and balancing and going unsteadily on one footstep to the next and you might fall here and there. And that is just like doing DIY projects. You may not be born a master carpenter, and that is all right. So in today's episode, we're talking about the five tools I would suggest having if you are wanting to start or complete or do a DIY project. And I'm also sharing five supplies I constantly have on hand that I always reach for time and time again, no matter what project I'm doing. Things that I just like to have around in order to make my job a little bit easier. All right, friends, stick around. And if you are wanting to tackle a DIY project this summer, you're going to want to take notes or visit my blog at figandfarmathome.com after the show so that you can see which tools I use personally and get them for yourself. All right, friends, enjoy today's show. 
We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank, and I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. I get this question so often. Which tools would you recommend having in your arsenal if you're just starting out as a DIYer? Awesome. And you know what? Even if you're not a DIYer, I mean, technically, if you do it yourself, you are. If you're not hiring out, you are a DIYer in whatever capacity. But if you're wanting to try your hand at maybe adding a wall treatment, or maybe hanging your own curtains, or maybe changing out your own lights. You are going to need to have some things in your arsenal. And I'm starting with the five that I would not be able to do without. These five see most action for me, not necessarily for my husband, but for me as as I complete easy to very moderate DIY projects. Now, Mr. Fig and Farm, he's more on the advanced set. He's the you know what, I'm going to be doing a new project, I need a new tool kind of guy. I will be sharing a few of those here and there, but I honestly don't really know if his five would be my five. As I share my list of five things, I'm going to go backwards, ending with the thing that I think is most useful and the thing that you can definitely learn how to use if you don't already know and something that you're going to want to have as a tool up your sleeve or hanging out on the shelf. But number five, this is the very first, well, I can't say it's the very first power tool I learned how to use because I took woodshop when I was in middle school, building all of those fun little things like pencil holders and I don't even remember what pencil holder was the thing that I remember making. But I loved woodshop back then and I remember feeling a sense of awe and also a little bit of fear about the power of the tool that I was working with. And I I think that's an okay place to land because you definitely want to approach it with caution as you're really learning and understanding how the tool functions, how it works, and how you as the operator are the one in control of it. And each time you operate one of these power tools, you can become more comfortable, more familiar with the way that it operates, the way that you need to make slight adjustments to complete the task at hand. And the more time that you use it, the more comfortable it becomes. So don't let the fear of the unknown stop you because everything is hard until it isn't. That is one of my very favorite quotes. It is hard until it isn't. So we're going to figure it out together. All right, number five, the power tool that I first used in my adult life in order to complete a project that I quickly became a fan of was my paint sprayer. 
I bought it when I first started transforming furniture when I used to buy, well, I still do, but find furniture to redo, to make a little bit more unique, to bring a brand new story, a brand new chapter into its being. And I started using a paint sprayer. It just makes the finish so smooth. It makes it it makes it look like it was done professionally. You don't see any brush strokes. It is phenomenal. I used that same paint sprayer when I decided to paint my kitchen cabinets and my bathroom cabinets. I don't use it when I'm painting walls inside of the home, but I do use it when I'm doing wall treatments like vertical or horizontal shiplap or board and batten because those pieces are so little and can take a long time to hand paint them, I'll take them outside, set up a little painting station on the driveway. My HOA loves it. (laughs) And then I spray away. It usually dries very quickly and evenly, and it just cuts down the amount of time and work. Now, every once in a while, here's the the con to a spray painter. Every once in a while, paint gets jammed, and that can be a little bit of a frustration, but as long as you have the idea of how you get that jam unjammed, that you're expecting it, and you know what to do to remediate it, it is pretty smooth sailing, and it still allows for a more efficient process than doing it all by hand. The fourth tool that I use constantly with almost every project is a jigsaw. And I have a jigsaw, well, we have a table saw too, and a miter saw, and you name it, we probably have the saw. But a jigsaw is super easy. It is small, it is handheld, it is not anything that you have to set up like a table saw. It's not intimidating to have to work like a circular saw. And basically all you need is something to elevate whatever you're trying to saw onto like a couple of sawhorses. Now, this isn't an end-all be-all saw. If you are trying to cut large pieces of plywood, you're probably going to need a different tool. But if you're cutting things like thin plywood, like if you're making shiplap walls, vertical or horizontal, or if you're putting up the board on the board and batten walls, a jigsaw will do just fine. Usually if I'm doing a project on my own and I've measured and measured and remeasured and done all the measuring about 10,000 times, I will actually pay the people at the hardware store to cut it for me in the dimension I want it. Not only will it fit my car, but it is also done and ready for me to use when I get home. And for me, although I do have the tools to use at home and a helper who can help me and who knows what he's doing, sometimes it is worth paying the 50 cents a cut in order to have it ready to go so I'm not waiting for help. The third tool that I have found to be incredibly useful, especially as I'm doing wall treatments, is a brad nailer. This has become so incredibly handy when you're nailing multiple nails into a project. It's fast, it is efficient, it is user-friendly. The only thing is you need another tool and you need one for a paint sprayer as well and that is an air compressor. So that is not my tool number two. It is just the bonus tool because the air compressor is the thing that powers both the sprayer and the brad nailer. I just have a simple air compressor. It doesn't have too many PSIs. It's not like it's going to be powering something super heavy duty. So I do have one that's kind of a lower end, easy to use. They are a little bit heavy, but it is definitely something that's not industrial grade, something that you might own at home. 
we are getting closer to my number one pick, but number two is an orbital sander. These are so incredibly useful if you are redoing furniture, if you are making things like those wall treatments where you need to, after the cut has already been made, you need to kind of smooth down the edges. And that's going to go so much easier, so much more efficiently if you're doing it with something electric than, you, than it is with your hand. So I highly recommend having an orbital sander. It does come in really handy. And tool number one, my very top pick, the thing that is easiest to use and will save you lots of muscle strengthening. <laughs> I don't know, maybe we shouldn't do this, right? Maybe we should use a muscle strengthening screwdriver. But instead, I highly recommend getting a cordless drill. Of course, I don't need to tell you the many uses you can do for these. I use them at the shop all the time, whenever I'm hanging art, whenever I'm trying to move little shelves here and there, constantly using them. But at home too, when I hang curtains, when I need to change a light fixture, when I need to even tighten a screw in the bunk bed, whatever it is, they come in incredibly handy. The learning curve on this is non-existent, <laughs> but those are my top five picks. My number one being the thing that I, I use most often that is most versatile all the way to my number five, the paint sprayer that is super handy if you're wanting to do kind of a specialized project, it is worth the investment. I'm going to have a link to all of the ones I have personally at home, the brands I love, even though of course some brands you may have favoritism to or not, but these are the ones that we've tried and tested and are fig and farm stamped approved in order to um, get you started on building your tool collection if you are wanting to take on some of these projects on your own. Now I'm moving on to tell you some of my favorite supplies I have on hand, some of the things that I just don't do without, things that I know that when they're getting low in stock, I always make sure I grab it when I'm at Lowe's or Home Depot or whichever hardware store I'm at. So here we are, and these are in no particular order, though I will highlight the ones that I use most often. Number one, wood glue. Glue in general, of course, is great. Gorilla glue, yes, have some of that too. But wood glue, when I'm doing a project working on something that is wood-based, whether it's redoing a piece of furniture or building things, wood glue comes in incredibly handy. And then let alone things that break, like picture frames or other things that you just might need the wood glue for. So definitely keep one of those on hand. In the same light, I have wood filler on hand as well. And wood filler is specific, especially for when I'm redoing furniture, but even if you have a little gouge in something wood that you have and you're planning on repairing it, getting some wood filler and some sandpaper, which is supply number three to have on hand, not for the orbital sander, though you do want refills for that, but just having some really fine grit sandpaper on hand so that you don't damage the wood surface anymore when you're sanding it is going to be helpful. And then you can repair it as you need to. But having some wood filler will help fill gouges before you do any sort of repairing. The fourth thing I really like to have on hand is protection. I like to have eye protection and mouth protection when I'm using power tools like a sander especially. So I know we have just 
for many of us are done, done, done using masks, but I do have some in my garage that I use when I'm using the orbital sander. When it kicks up, I do not want that in my lungs, and I definitely don't want it in my eyes either. The other thing too is ear protection, and I do have some earplugs and those come in really handy, especially when I'm using like a brad nailer because the air compressor is so loud. I do like to protect myself a little bit that way as well. And it might sound really nerdy, but I know 30 years from now, I'm going to be so thankful that my lungs are a little bit more clear, that my ears are a little bit more sharp and that I am able to see clearly. <laughs> so it is well worth it for me. The fifth supply I like to have on hand is actually a kit with multiple little tools. And this is a plier kit. And I say a plier kit because there are so many different types of pliers within this kit that allow for lots of different uses. So it has needle nose pliers, long nose pliers, diagonal cutting tools, end cutting tools. It is so incredibly helpful. My little kit has six inside and it is, it is one of those things that I reach for almost weekly might be an exaggeration, but every couple weeks we are constantly looking for this little kit. And when it goes missing, we have problems <laughs> because it is so incredibly useful. All right. Number six, blue painter's tape. And you don't really need to be ready to paint anything in order to have this in your arsenal. The other thing too, I do like blue and I like Scotch brand because it is doesn't leave the residue. It doesn't leave the stick like another type of tape could. And I haven't really used any other type of painter's tape in order to know if it's it leaves less stick than other. So I stick with the blue painter's tape, but you're going to want it in your arsenal anyway. If you want to order furniture, rearrange furniture, see how furniture or artwork look in your space without making any commitments like purchases or holes in your wall, a blue painter tape is going to be your friend. But also I love blue painter's tape when I'm trying to spray paint things like mirrors or lamps where I don't want to necessarily get the cord sprayed or the glass sprayed. I'm going to use a painter's tape in order to protect that in whatever way. Maybe I tape on some paper, maybe I just tape over the cord, but I'm using it constantly. The other thing I'm using painter's tape for is with my jigsaw. Jigsaws, one of the cons with having a jigsaw is that it can leave a kind of a sharp jagged edge, but if you use painter's tape and you tape the edge of it, you can make a really clean cut. Keeping that sandpaper, which is one of my recommended supplies on hand, you can then just kind of sand a little bit to make it a little smoother if you need to, but it's not going to splinter the wood and you definitely don't want it to do that. Another supply I like to have on hand that I like to have multiples of are clamps. Clamps come in so incredibly handy when you're trying to glue things or when you're trying to saw something that needs to be clamped down in order to keep it stable. If you don't have someone to help hold a piece of wood, you might need a clamp. And clamps are not one size fits all. Some are more stable than others. So getting some that have just the the clamp, kind of like a clothespin, those are great and easy, but ones that kind of screw down are going to hold a little bit more securely than others. And I use those in coordination a lot of times when I'm doing furniture redos, when I'm cutting things to make my my wall treatments, I use them pretty frequently in projects. In fact, just last week, I was redoing a piece of furniture, doing an Ikea hack, taking a pretty plain, unfinished wood dresser, 
that I received from a friend because they were done with it. They didn't want to take it to a landfill. Thank you. And they didn't want to take it to Goodwill because some Goodwills are not taking those pieces of furniture anymore. Did you, have you noticed that? And I said, yes, took it. And then I added a really fun faux front to the dresser drawers, making it look like pole wrap, which is such a fun kind of modern look. And then I painted it black, but in order to add the, what looked like pole wrap, to the front, I needed to glue it down and I need to, and in order for the pole wrap to stay on front, I needed to clamp it in place. So clamps have come in so incredibly handy in projects time and time again. Friends, there are many other supplies that I would recommend or could recommend or have up my sleeve in terms of constant use. And if you went into my garage, you would notice, yep, I am no short of supplies or tools. (laughs) But I want to know, what did I miss? What is one tool that you think is one of your top five? Or what are some of the supplies that are your top five? I want to know. Come and share it with us over in our Facebook group where we are talking all about tools and how to use them, what you can use them for, and simple DIY projects. So come on over at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. And if you're ready to build your tool arsenal or your supply arsenal, I encourage you to pop over to figandfarmathome.com. Take a look at the blog. My most recent blog is all about these tools and supplies I recommend and start building your collection so you can become a DIYer too. All right, friend, we want to see your project pop into that Facebook group to share. Until next time, I'll see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.